Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. From Mamma Mia, welcome to the Spill Your Snackable daily podcast where we talk about everything entertainment every day. Hi, I'm Laura Brodnick and I'm the entertainment editor at Mamma Mia. And I'm Key Reese. I work at Mamma Mia's influencer marketing agency called Social Squad. And a little bit of a different episode for you today. We have an extended interview with the wonderful AD Bryant, star of Laura and I, one of our favourite shows heading into its second season, Shrill. And Laura, you had the honour of interviewing her and I know how excited you were about this. Did she deliver? She absolutely did. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice when we play the interview, but it's very rare that I would get tears in my eyes talking to someone. But she is just such a, a powerhouse in the fact that she not only plays the title character of Annie, a woman who's living in a body, like what plus size body and kind of going through her career and love life and everything that comes with that based on Lindy West's amazing book, Shrill. So she not only portrays the character, but she's also a writer on the show. She comes from an amazing background of comedy and character development from her time on Saturday Night Live where she still stars and so she's really taken such a, a powerful kind of lead on this project. She's a writer, she's a producer as well as being the star so there was just so much to get into there. And the first season touched so many people and had such a great response. I'm really interested to hear what she has said about the second season. Exactly. Well she talks about some of the moments that have been pulled from her own life both in oh, season wow. one and season two, the genesis of the character and like kind of what she's facing because she ended on, it ended on such a big cliffhanger last year kind of on a high but there's some repercussions that this season and also where her relationship goes not just with in the kind of romantic sense but with her friends and her colleagues and yeah she just has so many insightful things to say about what went into making this amazing tv show hi Aidy, this is laura from mamma mia how are you Hi, good, thanks. How are you doing? Oh, I'm well, thank you. I'm um, such a big fan of your work and of Shrill, so I'm really excited to talk to you about season two. I've had a sneak peek at the first four episodes and quite brilliant so far. Oh, cool. Thank you. So I wanted just to start off by asking you kind of where we left Annie off at the end of season one. It's like she's on such a big high from so sensationally quitting her job and then kind of doing that thing so many of us have wanted to do of going to the house of the man who's been harassing her online and kind of giving him a piece of her mind and really getting empowerment from that. But from what I've seen from season two, this kind of new life that she's carved out for herself isn't exactly going to plan in a few different ways. Can you kind of talk me through where that journey will take her in season two? Yeah, I mean, I think she, you know, she's sort of post-epiphany as far as, like, realizing, like, I don't have to participate in the system and, like, I can decide who I want to be and how confident I can be and what I can achieve, but she doesn't have any practice doing it. And so I think as she's trying to put it into practice, it's not totally easy and the wheels start coming off pretty quickly. (laughs) Right. And then... I think ultimately she does kind of study herself and find find out who, you know, who she really wants to be and kind of 
she starts to really put it into motion eventually. <laughs> yeah, so I like it was kind of like almost a revamp of all her different relationships with her parents and then with Ryan and um, and with kind of the friends in her life. Yeah. So that's been a really interesting dynamic to watch. Yeah, you might find confidence in one corner of your life, maybe your work or your friendships or something, but maybe in your romantic relationships or your relationship with your family, that could be harder to do because things are really set in stone with your family. It's hard to break a dynamic or, you know, like relationships. You have to be really vulnerable and like naked (laughs) emotionally and literally. And kind of getting into those, as you're saying, those emotional moments we see in her character. um, I'm interested in kind of from your perspective, because um, not just being the lead actress, but also um, with a producing role on the show and with writing it and bringing your own experiences to it, kind of going into her creation in season one and two, were there any kind of, um, I guess, caveats you had in place of this is exactly what we need to see on TV and these are my non-negotiables for bringing this story to life? Yeah, I mean, there were definitely a couple things that were really important to us, especially when we were pitching the show. And and then, you know, even once it was picked up, kind of being like, these are the things we feel really strongly about. One of them was that it wasn't an external makeover, you know, that she this is like an internal makeover. And it was about how she looked at herself and how she valued herself. And uh, I, I think for a while there were conversations of like, well, but that, will that be clear, you know? And people were like, maybe if we dress her frumpy and then she starts to dress cool or, and we were really like, no, it's important to us, you know, that, that she is kind of a fully formed person. She just doesn't believe in herself really, or think she's of any value. So that was like a big part of it. And then, you know, I also think just wanting to have a really dynamic and like real character. I think, we felt like sometimes fat characters on TV, especially, were like the friend who's sort of one dimensional and completely sexless and, you know, doesn't have like emotional depth. And I think we were like, no, this person has many sides. <laughs> so that was, you know, part of why it's, even though it's a comedy, there's some really raw moments. Right. And kind of speaking of those raw moments of the show, um, because um, as I'm sure many people who've watched the show know that it's based on Lindy West's incredible memoir, Shrill, and so many moments are things that she's pulled from her real life to bring into the show. But I understand that um, in your role as a writer and a a creative force behind the show that you've also brought in some of your own experiences. And um, I've heard there was one particular in the first episode of season one, I think it is, um, a really memorable scene where a um, personal trainer kind of comes up to Annie in a cafe and grabs her wrist and says, I can help you. There's a skinny person stuck inside. And, and you kind of say back like, oh, I think she's, I think I hope she's okay in there. Was that something that I've heard that you brought from your real life that happened to you? Yes and no, kind of. Right. You know, I mean, uh, basically I wasn't in a cafe and I wasn't, uh, but I was, you know, basically I was like in a gym working out and a personal trainer kind of came up to me and grabbed my wrist and was like, you know, you're a small person under there and I can help you. And, you know, basically said like, you're meant to be small and you're not meant to be carrying all this extra weight around. And I just sort of felt like, who are you (laughs) to tell me what I'm meant to do? And I didn't ask for your help here. And yeah, I just felt really accosted. But in order to get out of that situation, I found myself thanking her, which was, a really bizarre experience. And I think it's something that a lot of women that find themselves doing, even in, in any kind of situation where you feel uncomfortable, is you almost 
make yourself sweeter to get through it or something. And so I think that was part of what we were trying to play with. And, and yeah, I mean that, that there's stuff like that. That's definitely from my life too. It's, it's, that's the cool thing about writing television is, you know, it's Lindy's stories, it's my stories, and it's all the writers in our writer's room kind of churned together and then with a dose of imagination. Right. <laughs> you know. Is there a particular life experience um, from your own life that you've brought into season two that, um, that viewers can be excited to see? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's a couple different ones, but I think one that's a little bit fun is... Uh, there's a scene, no spoilers, but there's a scene in the third episode where I'm barfing a lot and it's sort of a big moment oh, for right. Annie. Yes. And that's sort of sort of based on a real thing that happened between my husband and I. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Adi, I was also interested, you touched on before the okay. fact that you um, really wanted to make Annie um, a character who had um, a rich relationship life and a rich sex life. And I think that's been really interesting to kind of, on what you're saying about that internal makeover is that when we kind of see her with Ryan in the beginning of their relationship, she's a bit more submissive um, when they're having sex and a bit more wanting to kind of please him and, and um, kind of keep him interested in her. And I love that as it goes along, you see that development from Annie's character where she's more confident wanting to sort of say like, let's have sex downstairs on the couch. And obviously there's that, not giving you spoilers, but we've seen in the trailer that kind of iconic scene in the first episode where um, they're having sex in the field and the Girl Scouts come over the hill, which um, I just thought was kind of an amazing way to kick <laughs> yeah. off a season, the kind of not what you want in that moment. So what are the conversations around that happening yeah. in the writer's room and between, and you know, you and Lindy and stuff of wanting to make sure that she has that fulfilling sex life? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something that we've, usually kind of like arc out over the course of the season, which is, you know, not just her relationship to her body as far as like weight, but also her relationship to her body as far as like sexual expression and what she's comfortable with. And, and I, I definitely think it is a cool thing to kind of watch chart from like the first episode of the first season where she's sort of, you're right, like kind of passive in bed and, 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 and she's definitely a little more timid and, and, scared to take clothes off and that kind of thing. And, but that, you know, she's still having sex. And I think for us, that was important. You know, I, I felt like a lot of plus size characters were very sexless and sort of like, uh, really comfortable being cute, right. <laughs> but not comfortable being sexual, you know? And, and that is a way of like being reductive, I think of, of a person's adultness, you know? And, and so, we really wanted her to be an adult with a sex life. And, and I think it's cool because over the course of season two, you sort of see her and Ryan like experiment in some ways and like begin to really trust each other. And, you know, ultimately, is that enough? I don't know. But it is cool to see her like kind of take more charge. Exactly. That's been really interesting to watch, the idea that the plus-size women don't just exist always thinking about their body or their weight, that sort of stuff. They have um, relationships and sex lives and, and jobs and stuff. And I think that's what so many women kind of have really attached themselves to with this show. Probably one of the most iconic scenes from season one that I really wanted to ask you about because it's resonated with so many women is the pool party scene, which um, I'm not sure if this is, if you're aware yeah. of this, but what a catalyst that's been for women. We're actually holding a lot of those pool parties in Australia now. There's one coming up that these body images 
pool parties just because so many women watch that scene. And just, I know I, myself, I thought like I would never jump in a pool being a plus size woman or wear a bikini or anything like that. But when you see the look on Annie's face as she kind of moves freely for the first time, it's such a transformative moment for viewers. So I'm just interested, was that as kind of a magic on the day to film as it came across on the screen? <laughs> Basically, yes. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was unreal. It was unreal. And it was really, you know, I think it, it just became exactly what we were trying to, to manufacture really quickly. It just really was an amazing pool party where girls were hanging out in the water and, and feeling comfortable. And, you know, I mean, shooting a TV show is a long day. It's often 12 hours for us or 14 hours. And so here were all these ladies in swimsuit for 12, 14 hours and everybody was having a blast <laughs> and like right. shooting that dancing scene. That was probably one of the best experiences of my life because it was just magical. And, and I just so appreciated kind of how hard all those ladies worked because I think they understood what it would mean to see it on TV. And, and yeah, I'm so, so honored that like girls are having more parties like that or that, people I got so many so many so many beautiful messages from women saying you know I haven't worn a swimsuit in six years and this summer I did because I watched your show and I figured fuck it and and that was really like incredibly special to me <laughs> and you know I I've I've certainly in my life I've been both Annie at the pool party and I've been a, a comfortable person at the pool party and and I think a lot of people can relate to that. Well, yeah, it was a magical um, scene to watch, as you're saying. And um, I think kind of led into this um, idea of um, conversation around plus size fashion and the clothes that are worn on the show. Um, and I know that you're quite a, a fashion plate yourself in, in real life. And there's this kind of real push now just in general to have more clothes in that area. Um, and it's also my understanding that the fashion designer for the show couldn't quite find the looks that she wanted for Annie's character because they're such a big part of her. And, and as so many of us know, plus size fashion can be quite limited. So she actually went and created a lot of the looks. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's interesting because even five years ago, I feel like there was way less and now there's so much more plus size clothing on the market. And, but I still think there, you know, there's not the breadth of choice that, you know, straight size ladies have. And I think for us, we were really feeling like we wanted to be influenced by the Pacific Northwest and we wanted Annie to have a really particular style and, and, and that she was like a little bit of an individual and we weren't quite finding the pieces. And, you know, I also think it's like when there's one or two cool, really gorgeous, like high fashion-y dresses, they get worn by, you know, plus size women. They know those dresses. I mean, I, I certainly have followed plus size women and, and, you know, on Instagram or whatever. And I'm like, Oh, I have that dress. I have that shirt too. You know, there's a lot of overlap. And we really wanted to, to kind of like inspire, you know, and I, I think, and make it feel aspirational. And we definitely toyed with like, okay, should we try and have this character wear things that can all be bought? Or should we let this be like a sort of aspirational fashion point of view character? And we were like, let's do this. <laughs> so, so yeah, we kind of together, I would send her references and we would kind of like design things and then her amazing team would just whip them up and then I would get to wear them on set. It was really cool. 
Oh, well, it was amazing to watch. And I feel like for so many women, it was like the first time watching a TV show and looking at the clothes and thinking, I could wear all of those. Like those are things that I want to wear that I would wear. And you're at that real aspirational kind of look with the colours and the styles. And getting in kind of one of the, what I yeah. what I can see from the first um, few episodes of season two, one of the kind of big story points there is Annie um, sort of confronting her online troll, not just going to his house that one time, but also wanting to use him for her work and interview him and get to the, to the heart of why why he's doing this to her, which is something famously Lindy West really did with interviewing one of her trolls on a podcast and writing about him. What was that experience like to for you as someone who's in the public eye, and I'm sure like so many people has been on the the receiving end of, of trolling and that sort of thing, to kind of explore that, pers- that idea of asking someone, why are you doing this? Yeah, I mean, I definitely have had people write mean things about me online or call me a fat pig or <laughs> all kinds of things like that. And it, it, it hurts, you know, of course it hurts. I, you know, very luckily kind of haven't been the kind, like I haven't experienced the kind of targeted harassment that Lindy did um, and, and does, frankly. And I had to put myself in her shoes a little bit. And I think for us, it was really important to kind of like, you know, when Lindy really confronted her, her real life troll, there was a lot of empathy there and, and sympathy kind of on both sides. And I think that was something we were trying to kind of bring to the table, but without, you know, giving him a pass. And I think we really do that. You kind of understand that he's hurting and it felt good to lash out and push someone else down. But ultimately, <laughs> she's a real person and it hurts, you know, so... Yeah, that's been such an interesting kind of plot point to watch that really unfold on screen. Finally, Aidy, before I let you go, I'm just kind of interested in what do you think what do you think will be the most surprising for fans of the show coming back into season two? What do you think will be the kind of the crux of Annie's story that they walk away with this season? Gosh, you know, I feel like the thing that I really love about the season, and I think other people will too, is I think ultimately where Annie gets in the eighth episode will be very satisfying to people. <laughs> and I don't want to give any spoilers, but, you know, I do, I feel like for a lot of women, the last place that they truly find, like, their self-worth is in a relationship. And I think are often put with the question of, like, is this enough for me or do I want more? And it's always scary to say, I want more. Uh, and And I think people will be excited to see Annie say, I want more, <laughs> you know. Yes, well, I'm definitely excited to see that. Well, Aidy, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today and um, for everything that Shrill is. It just, it's a TV show that means so much to me and so many other women. So thank you so much for that. Oh, thank you so much. And thanks for your really thoughtful questions. I really appreciate it. So you can watch seasons one and two of Shrill on SBS On Demand right now. Thank you for listening to The Spill today. We hope you enjoyed that interview. You can get in contact with us by emailing us at thespill at mamamia.com.au. The Spill is produced by Hannah Bowman. We'll see you on mamamia.com.au. Bye. Bye.